Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You're welcome to church this wonderful Sunday morning. Perhaps you're wondering why are we two here on stage? Um, I just had that inspiration that I think for today's service, um, just after I share just a word that the Lord had laid in my heart, um, we will be having a recap of the things that we have gone through in the month of December. And the whole idea for it is for us to reflect. And the essence of reflection is for us to gain instruction for the next level. Praise God. We need to reflect on what has God been saying to us in this season as it prepares us for 2021. Praise God. And so with me, um, let's just our heads even as we pray this morning. Everlasting Father God in heaven, we are grateful for your gathering us here this Sunday morning. We don't take it lightly. Every time you gather us, there's a word that you have in, in prepared for us to hear. And therefore, Father God in heaven, we set our hearts right. We open up our hearts and our spirit that, Lord, you would write your words in our hearts and let us be transformed by the power in your word. Let your name be glorified, O God in heaven. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen. Holy Spirit, we yield ourselves as vessels unto you. Fill us up with the virtues we need, O God, to be effective for this assignment. But that your name be glorified in our midst in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for those who are hearing us. The Bible said that and when Paul began to speak, you, Lord, prepared the heart of Lydia to receive everything Paul had to say. I ask that you would make their heart receptive, their spirit willing, and their mind obedient to the word of God. In Jesus' mighty name I've prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. My name is Jeffrey. I am the pastor here at the um, Place of Victory. And with me here, I have... Good morning. Uh, my name is Leko. Um, yeah, I serve under uh, Pastor Jeffrey. I think that's the best introduction to, to give. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Quickly, I want you to please open your Bibles with me. Just one word. Um, I'll try yesterday. Um, this was the scripture that was on my heart. And I was wondering, how, am I going to preach it as a sermon? Or am I just going to share what I believe the Lord is saying to me regarding this passage with the congregation? And so I went to the letter. And so open your Bibles with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 34, verse 1. Just one verse. Psalm 34, verse 1. Psalm chapter 34, verse 1. And I will read, and it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise God. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praise God. You know, one of the beautiful things about this passage, as I began to reflect on it, was the state of David when he made this confession. Praise God. You know, oftentimes we love to attach praise to when things go the way we expect. And so as a result of the excitement of the season, we begin to bless the name of the Lord. Don't get me wrong. That's also appropriate. But here, David was giving us an addition to just what I've said. And he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. The root word there, bless, simply means to extol, to praise, to magnify, to sing, if need be. But um, <clears throat> in the Greek text there, it said, I would kneel before the Lord to worship, praise God, at all times. And it says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And my brother, my sister that is watching me this morning, I want to ask you a question. Is your praise and thanksgiving to God conditional? Hallelujah. Is your praise and thanksgiving to God contingent on whether God answers your prayer or grants your request? Praise the Lord. In the, here at the place of victory, the month of December 2020 is our month of rejoicing and thanksgiving. And God is saying here that I will put rejoicing and singing in their midst. I would multiply them and there will not be a few. But here we begin to see David. This was a time when David was running from Saul. Hallelujah. Life was not pleasing before him. And as a matter of fact, the scripture says here that when you read the book of 1 Samuel 21, which was what David was making reference to in this passage, it was that as a result of survival, 
in the need to preserve his life and the things that God needed to do in his life. David had to act like a madman. Praise God. But yet, even in that um, disgraceful state, because the people began to comment and say, is this not the same David that they were singing that Saul slay a thousand and David killed ten thousand? Look at how he's behaving. He's looking like a madman. And the king of the Philistines said, am I lacking madmen that this one has to come to me? But here, David was saying here that I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continually be in my mouth. Praise God. And my question to you this morning that is watching me is, if God was to visit you physically in your place where you are at the moment, what will he find you saying? Praise God. Will you be among those who are murmuring and complaining of how 2020 has been? Or will you be among those who are saying, nonetheless, whatever happens my way, I will still bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says here that his praise will continually be in my mouth, irrespective of what is currently going on in our lives. Because remember, I've always said it here time and time again, that man by design was made to praise God. Hallelujah. In other words, it wasn't dependent on whether things went the way we want or, the way, or went the way we did not expect it to be. Our responsibility as Christians is to always bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope that has ministered to you even as we carry on um, with the sermon recap this morning. And the very first Sunday where we met here in church, we began to look at the subject, unveiling the mystery of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Unveiling the mystery of thanksgiving. And our anchor text, time will not permit me to go into it anyways, but for those who are writing, and I expect us to be writing because a proof of a good student is the ability to take notes. Praise God. The proof that you are a good student is your ability to take notes. And the reason I say this is, I once heard someone say something in the past, and he said, the sharpest, the bluntest pencil is sharper than the sharpest mind. Praise God. The bluntest pencil is sharper than the sharpest mind. In other words, anything you're able to write down is what you're allowed to remember. Praise God. And so I encourage you, if you're taking notes, either you're recording or you're uh, writing on your tablet or your piece of paper, please, by all means, take notes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay? And so here, um, the Bible says here um, in the book of Psalms chapter 92, just to give us a summary, you know, David was saying that it is a good thing to give thanks unto God and to sing praises after his holy name. Hallelujah. Isn't it funny that this David, King David that we are speaking of today, is the same one that God told Samuel, I have found a man after my own heart. Praise God. In other words, if you want to be that lady, if you want to be that gentleman, that God will validate to say, yes, this one is special to me, then you realize that you cannot take away the aspect of thanksgiving and praises in the equation. Hallelujah. And I mentioned that here that God has given us several keys. When you look at the Bible, Psalm 13, sorry, Matthew 13 verse 11, the Bible says here that, and to you I will give the mysteries to the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. It says that to them who are outside, they are not given, but to you who are with me, Jesus speaking to his disciples here, he said that he has given them what? That it is their right, it is their entitlement to know and to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And the reality of it is behind every mystery is the result that you seek. Praise God. Every result you want to see in your life, whether it be a happy marriage, whether it be an increase in your finances, whether it be a health issue, whatever result you seek in your life, is powered by a mystery that you are yet to obey. Praise God. I was reading my devotion a few weeks, um, a few days ago, and the man of God who was writing that devotional, that was the only thing that stood out for me there. He said, if you want to break the back of poverty, give. And for me, I was wondering, 
Isn't that strange that normally when you talk about the principles of wealth in the carnal way or in the secular way, they'll say, oh, save money and do this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying savings is bad. But here he's saying that for everyone who experienced tremendous increase, they did not increase because they withheld. They increased because they were willing to disperse. Hallelujah. Little one that the Bible said that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so like I was saying earlier, every mystery in the kingdom of God is responsible for the result that you seek. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Um, no, just to add, uh, thank you very much, Pastor Jeffrey. Just before you got down to the point where you were talking about, about giving, you know, um, that thought came to my mind. And I remembered, um, I think it was three Sundays ago, you know, when you were talking about uh, the mysteries uh, and, and you said, you know, um, God's wisdom is in reverse. Yeah, and I was thinking to myself, you know, what does that mean when you say God's wisdom, you know, is in, is in reverse? But yes, you know, if it's not about, you know, I guess where we need to get to is, is, is that point where we look at ourselves collectively and rather than individually. So when it says give, in actual fact, you're not really losing that, that thing you're given. Because if you look at it, you know, the, the scripture was telling us, I think it was in, in the book of First Corinthians 2, when I was talking about us being part of the same vine, for example. So, you know, if one branch of the vine is given to another branch of the vine, the branch has not really lost, you know. And I think if we look at it that way and we say if we're giving, we're, we're still giving to ourselves, of course you're going to increase, you know, if you look at it that way. You know, so, and that's why when you say God's wisdom is in reverse, it makes total sense. You know, and I agree, it doesn't mean that, you know, um, we shouldn't save. Absolutely not, you know. Um, but, but the Bible, I mean, it's the scripture that talks about us, you know, um, dispersing uh, your seeds because you don't know which one, you know, would, would, would bring forth fruit. You know, so there's a place of, of giving, absolutely. And, and I agree, you know, it's the hand that opens up. It's the hand that gives, that can also, that can also receive. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. And so here, again, that, that Sunday on the 6th of December, I made a statement and I said that every kingdom success or victory is powered by a certain principle or mystery. Praise God. Every kingdom success is powered by a certain mystery or principle. And in the context of what we're looking at in the month of December here, we came to a conclusion that Thanksgiving is a mystery. Hallelujah. And so... Whatever you are seeking God for, it's always good to start with thanksgiving. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'll say it again. Whatever you are seeking God for, it is always best to start it with thanksgiving. Look at what here. So what then is thanksgiving? And it says thanksgiving is the act of giving thanks. It's a grateful acknowledgement of benefits, of favors, especially to God. Hallelujah. An expression of thanks, especially to God. A public celebration in acknowledgement of divine favor or kindness. And some here, it says, it's a day that is set apart to give thanks unto God. That was how people understood it. That thanksgiving must be intentional. It must not be a byproduct of, of an afterthought. No, it must be deliberate. I will share a testimony with you, right? Just on Thursday or Wednesday, I saw on Instagram that there was this lady, right? This lady um, wrote on Twitter, and she said, um, my husband is the most remarkable husband any woman can ever imagine, right? That, you know, he's so loving, he's so kind. Now, one will read that and wonder, what did the husband do? Would you believe what the husband did, right? The husband is a security guard. Hear this. The husband is a security guard. Now, he hasn't been paid his wages for up to 15 months now, right? And all he did was that he bought the family a chicken for Christmas. That's all, that's all he did to buy the family chicken for Christmas. And the wife went on Twitter to just celebrate the husband, thanking God for all that happened. Would you believe what happened after that? Just by that tweet alone, People started giving to the woman. People, now, the husband is guaranteed a, a new job come the, January 2021. And so the reality of it is that many a times we think 
I will thank God when he does what I'm expecting him to do. But the test, the true test of it is, can you thank God in your current situation? It may not make sense because look at David, like the scripture that I shared earlier on in Psalm 34 verse 1. This, he was acting like a madman. But yet, he was still saying, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. And so, our thanksgiving is not really because of what God had done. It's just giving thanks to God for who he is. Appreciating him in the beauty of his holiness. And that's what I encourage us to do, you know, in accounting, right? Just to diverse a bit. We are taught something that about the principle of opening stock and closing stock. Okay? So, in other words, your closing stock for this period is your opening stock for the new period. And when I understood that principle, I understood the reason why I must end 2020 in Thanksgiving. Because if I'm going to go by the principle of opening stock and closing stock, how my January will start depends on how I ended it. And so it's not necessarily because of what I need to do or what I'm trusting God for, but I must make sure that if God was to look at me today mm. in December, he would find me giving thanks. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I'm smiling. Um, uh, our God is not an author of confusion. I think it's the first thing I'll say. Um, and yes, you know, when Pastor Jeffrey spoke this morning, um, this, uh, what we're doing now was, um, was not planned a week ago. You know, um, it was planned very, very recently. And, uh, and, and as you were talking, again, I was looking at Luke 16, you know, Luke 16, 10, which confirmed what you've just said now. It says, he who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in much. Hallelujah. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Praise God. And I love that scripture so much, you know. And what, what made me even love it even more was because... Uh, there was a time I was, um, you know, if you have kids, every now and then you would, um, you would maybe have a strong word, you know, with your son or daughter. Uh, and I was, you know, I was doing that with one of my boys, and I quoted that scripture. And he didn't really understand it, but I tried to explain it to him, you know, to make him understand that, you know, be grateful for what you have, and that's how, you know, you will get more. And lo and behold, you know, a couple of days after, um, you know, I was reminding him, and I mentioned you know, Luke 16, 10, and he quoted it. And it, it brought so much joy to my heart, you know, just to share. But as Pastor Jeffrey was talking now, you know, that, that was scripture that came to me, you know, which is, yes, you know, are we going to be thankful as we end this year? You know, um, and if, 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 I guess if in, the, if in the past you were thinking there wasn't much to be thankful for, maybe if we now understand that how we start 20, 2021, the, depends on how we end 2020, then we need to be thankful, I think, is the, is the message. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because you can never, you know, look at anybody that their life is always on the increase. I, I stand to be corrected. Any godly person that you have always seen their life go on the upward trajectory, there is one common thing that you find in them. Is that a grateful heart? Is that gratitude? That, Lord, I'm thankful, irrespective of what is happening around me, I have to give thanks. 2020, I mean, I'm wearing black today in honor of a man that I truly respect. He passed away yesterday. And, you know, when I told my wife this morning, and I said, do you know this man is dead? And she looked at me and she said, but 2020 is almost over. And I understood what she was saying because ideally, because the year is almost over, you don't expect bad things to happen again. It's almost like saying, what, what more bad can happen in 2020? And so you realize that when it comes to the subject of Thanksgiving, it's not because of what is happening around us. No. Thanksgiving is an obligation we owe to God. You know, the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. In other words, if I can breathe in and breathe out, I'm obliged to give thanks. 
I'll say it again. If you're able to breathe in and breathe out, thanksgiving must be a must. Praise God. And so we began to look at, just to haste things a bit, why, why do I need to give thanks? Because these are the things that we must begin to um, imbibe in our lives, even as we prepare for 2021. Why do I need to give thanks? The very first thing is in the passage we read earlier, Psalm 92 verse 1. It says, it is a good thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Every parent will tell the child, always do what is good and forsake what is bad. Praise God. And so, if we are to go by that principle of doing only good things, because God expects us to, then we must realize that thanksgiving is a good thing. And it says here in the verse 1, Psalm 92 verse 1, it says, is the first, is the first slide, yeah? It says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to, his, to your name, O Most High. Praise God. Thanksgiving is a good thing. It is a good thing. Even after this service, can I encourage you? Be intentional. Be deliberate. Take out a moment and thank God. You know, I told you guys, if you go back to the service of that day, on the 6th, I said from the first day of this month, I made a gratitude journal. And every day, even for the tiniest thing, I thank God for it. And the beauty of it is that Anything you thank God for, God is obligated to keep. That's a mystery that I'm telling you now. Anything you thank God for, God is obliged to, to, to keep. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, thanksgiving ensures divine protection. If there's any time in human history that one is in need of protection, it's in the season that we are in. The next one. If, if there's anything, is that it has been any time in human history that we are in need of protection, it's in the days that we're in. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 3 verse 13, it says, and he, and who is he who will harm you because you are a follower of what is good? Because you are a follower of what is good. Remember, thanksgiving is a good thing. So, by practicing what is good, we are enjoined to enjoy divine protection. Thirdly, it nullifies the weapon of darkness. Praise God. It nullifies the weapon of darkness. Um, I will just read it quickly. Just jump with me to 1 Timothy 4 verse 4. 1 Timothy 4 verse 4. I was sharing this scripture with my wife in the course of um, this week. And I told her that I said, one of the beautiful things about God is this. Any mystery you practice, like I said, every result you seek is behind the mystery that you are yet to practice. And I told her, I said, this is my conviction, that any time I pray over a thing that I want to eat and I give thanks, it nullifies whatever is bound to harm me. And that's why I believe personally I cannot be poisoned. It's my personal conviction based on this scripture. It says, for every creature created of God is good. And nothing is to be refused if it is what? Received with what? Thanksgiving. And look at what the verse 5 says. For it is what? Sanctified. What does it mean to be sanctified? It is set apart. It is preserved. It is pure. By the word of God and prayer. Praise God. Okay? Also, thanksgiving enjoins divine presence. It enjoins divine presence because, because you are thanking God, God is always in your midst. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 10. It says, and do not complain as some did and were killed by the destroying angel. This was the story of the children of Israel when they were journeying from Egypt to the promised land. Because God was in their midst and they were murmuring and complaining, what happened? They were struck dead. Why? Because they refused to give thanks. And that is why the passage I shared earlier on, Psalm 34 verse 1, the B part of it says, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. If there's anything that I would want to encourage you that is watching me this morning, at no point in time are you allowed to complain. No. Many people have complained under the auspice of I need to say how I feel. No. As Christians, we are not allowed to say how we feel. If you understand what I'm trying to say. 
we are supposed to say what God says. Hallelujah. Because what the word of God says is what alters how we feel. Praise God. The word of God is that weapon that changes how we feel. Praise God. And that is what I'm encouraging us to do even as we are ending 2020. That yes, you may be feeling bad, you may be feeling this. I'm not saying you should deny those feelings. No. But I'm saying if you want to see a change, because many times we take comfort in all oh, by saying what I feel, but that doesn't change the circumstance. The reason what the reason is that you want to change, you want a change. You want a change in that situation. And for a change to happen, you need to say what God says. And what is God saying here? That thanksgiving is a good thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Finally, on that subject of thanksgiving, we said that thanksgiving is the gateway to increase. Hallelujah. Anything you don't thank God for is not permitted to increase. If you look all through scriptures, all through scriptures with no exception, at every point in time that anything increased, look at the story of the five loaves and two fish. Look at the story of when people were dead and they rose back to life. Everything started with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And I said here that just as yeast, yeast is to bread, for those who are acquainted to baking, no matter how sweet your bread is, if you want it to rise, you must put yeast. Hallelujah. And yeast, for us in the kingdom of God, thanksgiving is that yeast. What is little in your hand? Thank God for it and watch it multiply. Praise God. What is that thing that is little in your hand? Thank God and watch it multiply. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, I, I've just got a question then. Because um, okay. we're coming to the end of this part of it and I felt it would be good maybe just to um, make it a little bit more, even more interesting. So what are we saying? Are we saying that, you know, we, we should thank God, we should be thankful in the morning, I would say we should be thankful, you know, um, on the first Sunday of the month. I would say we should be thankful when, when there is a miracle, no matter how small it is. You know, or, or are we saying that the whole of our lives, you know, should be a thanksgiving? Because I think, you know, I, I think the reason why I ask that question is, I think um, when, sometimes when we talk about thanksgiving, it sounds like you should be able to pick a specific reason why you're being thankful. Um, and if that's the case, then maybe it would be every, every, every other time you might, you, might, you might give thanksgiving. Or are we just saying that, you know what, that we are alive alone is, is thanksgiving? Does, 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 does yeah. it make sense? It makes sense. I think here, um, when it comes to thanksgiving, thanksgiving should be a lifestyle. And so in other words, it's not just based on whether something happened or not. So I'll give an instance. You know, like I said, with the gratitude journal that I started doing at the beginning of this month, um, even for the little things, from the very first thing is my life. I'm not obliged to be alive today. God is the one that is keeping me alive. And so what do I do? I need to thank him. Even that things didn't work out, I need to thank him. You know, there are so many things that I look back in hindsight, and I'm grateful that, Lord, thank you, I did not get it. I'll give you an instance. Alekon, you are very much aware of this. There was a job I was looking for sometime last year, and God knows I was fitted for that role. The interview was amazing. I mean, in my mind, I've already told my siblings, you know, um, I should be changing jobs very soon. Praise God. And all of a sudden, phone call and the recruitment lady said oh sorry you know the financial director loved you and everything but however um you didn't get the job and i was heartbroken because i thought that when my breakthrough was to come my breakthrough was to come through that job right now fast this was in july last year Fast forward March this year, the pandemic happened. Fast forward September, companies started looking at redundancies. And based on the principle of redundancy, if you have spent, you are not entitled to redundancy pay 
in any organization until you have spent a minimum of two years. Had I left my job and gone to that job, I can confidently say I wouldn't have a job today. And so in hindsight, I say, Lord, I thank you that I didn't get it. Because the reality of it is I'm much happier where I am today than had I gotten that job. I hope I'm, that makes sense. And so in other words, there must be a reason for you to give thanks. If only we are able to truly be honest within ourselves, to look at life, not necessarily majoring on the big things, but to look at every detail. There's always something to thank God for. That's my point. There is always something. There is, no matter how bad things are going in your life. Even if you have one eye working, that's the reason to thank God because some people don't have none. Praise God. You know, some, a man of God once said something and said that, you know, if you have lost anything, God is the reason you didn't lose everything. Because if the devil had his way, you would have lost everything. Look at Job. The intent of Job was to annihilate Job, starting from his family to his resources and his life. But what did God tell the devil? You can touch everything, but his life don't touch. In other words, if Job was giving thanks, when he was saying that, you know, that I will make my boast in the Lord, for I know that my Redeemer live it, because he knew that at least I still have my life. I still have my life. I may have lost things around me, but there is always that thing to give thanks to God for. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And finally, I said here that one of the things that adds value to our thanksgiving is that it must be done from a pure heart. Praise God. A pure heart is very vital. And the Bible says that indeed that when we do something out of a pure heart, God is honored. Because the Bible said that what they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. If your heart is not part and parcel of what you're doing, then you are doing it compulsorily. And that's not what God wants. He wants a genuine, pure thanksgiving. And he'll be pleased with that. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Um, yeah, so we're, we're going to um, also look at the, the second part of the, the sermon so far this month. Um, but I'll just, you know, go back to what Pastor Jeffrey was talking about earlier on. And in actual fact, what he was doing was testifying, right? You know, so the B part's talking about testimonies, and he's just shared a testimony now. And, yeah, testimonies are, um, are a, a, a key part of who we are, you know, as Christians, as children of God. We're testifying to, to all that God has done, no matter, how, no matter how little it may seem. You know, I always say there's no such thing as a small miracle. Um, you know, so yes, testimonies are, are, are a key part. And so many times, you know, it's, it, it's a question of God has not answered that prayer I'm praying. But actually, I know that it's because it's not the right time, therefore I'll testify. So like Pastor Jeffrey was talking about, you know, there was no job offer on the table. But unknown to him, that was a miracle. You know, that was something that God was working, was working out. And you know, I think a challenge to us for the rest of, you know, this year is, is to really look back, you know, and, and look at, don't even look at, you know, the, the definite miracles, you know, what I call <laughs> confirmed, you know, the one that you can say, yes, that was a miracle. Don't even look at that. Look at the areas where you thought, you know, perhaps it was a backward step. But in actual fact, when you now, you know, look at it properly again, now you can see that actually God was, was working something. And, and before we go in, you know, I'll, I'll share a few, a few testimonies personally. You know, uh, Pastor Jeff knows, 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 knows um, these testimonies as well. You know, the start of this year, um, my mom, my mother, is, uh, she's a, she's a frontline nurse. Uh, she turned 70 in July. Um, and uh, we've, we've been, uh, the kids, you know, we've been discussing and talking to her about uh, a retirement. You know, she, she, she worked for the, for the NHS um, and um, at the start of this year, it, I think it was the 2nd of January or the 3rd of January, you know, she had an accident, you know, she was run over by a car. Um, but thank, thank God, you know, though it was serious, um, at the same time it wasn't serious, you know, um, God saw her through, she recovered, 
you know, um, she was she was using um, what they call it leg support for a while, but eventually everything got better, you know, and now she's walking, she's running around doing everything now. But if we were to fast forward, you know, from that January to, to March, when the pandemic came, you know, my mother is a frontline nurse, um, and um, the hospital she worked in um, was one of the hospitals, the first hospitals that got locked down or shut down, you know, during the pandemic. So the question is, wow, you know, perhaps if she was not, in quotes, you know, forced to retire, if God did not make her retire that way, perhaps she would have been on the front line, you know. And, and I'm not saying it because, you know, we're better than, you know, people that have been impacted with the pandemic, not at all. You know, it's just to show sometimes when God does something, we need to look at the testimony, you know, in, in that as well. And the scripture that comes to my mind is Song of Solomon in chapter 2. Um, chapter 2, it says, I'll read verse 1 and verse 2. It says, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. Praise God. You know, and when, you, when, when we read the scripture, I think it's always nice to look at it in context. Praise God. So, you know, the Bible would, would, um, the Bible would refer to a valley as, as a low point, as a point where, you know, things are not going so well. So we can say 2020, for example, is a valley, you know. But this scripture is saying that even in that valley, there are lilies. In other words, there's something good to pick out, you know, of the valley. You know, verse 2 says, like a lily among thorns. Praise God. So even though it looks, it looks tough and challenging, you know, I, I think there's so much that God has done, you know, in this year. Um, is, is it, is it how, how much God has reached people in this year? You know, people are seeking answers. You know, people are thinking, you know, none of us has witnessed the pandemic before, you know, and therefore you're thinking, but God, where are the answers? And God is giving, giving the answers. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. And so we we'll carry on to the next one now. Um, and so as a result of Thanksgiving, we started looking at the subject of testimonies, the subject of testimonies. And quickly, I came up with a definition of what do we regard as testimonies? What would you call a, a testimony? Praise God. What would you call a testimony? And I said here that testimonies are a personal account. Hallelujah. In other words, it's something personal. I said testimonies are a personal account of the manifestations of the power of God. Hallelujah. Which validate or give credence to the integrity of the word of God. Hallelujah. Regarding his promises. Hallelujah. Testimonies are a personal account of the manifestation of the power of God which validate or give credence to the integrity of God regarding his promises. Praise God. And that's what we have been doing all throughout this month. Looking at why are testimonies important? Why are testimonies important? And number one, we said that the nature of testimonies, the nature of testimonies is such that testimonies prove the nature of God and the integrity of God. In other words, it confirms the abilities of God. Praise God. I'll give a good example. For instance, someone, you know, if you remember the story, I think it was in John chapter 8, where um, Jesus met the woman at the well. Okay. For me, that was um, a case in point for testimonies here. Because the Bible said that, you know, after Jesus had um, testified or, or won her over by, by the gift of prophecy, the Bible recommends that when she went to her family, she said, come and see. That's the key part there. Come and see. The man who told me everything about my life. Praise God. And that's the reason why we are here. That we are supposed to be just like that woman at the well. Telling people, come and see what this God can do. Do you have a friend who is nursing an illness and is wondering, where will I get respite from? Our responsibility is to say, come and see. The God who is able to heal. Is there anybody battling with mental health, depression, or whatever it may be? Our responsibility is to do what? Come and see the God 
who is able to do this because testimonies are a proof of what God can do. I remember listening to a sermon by Pastor Bill Johnson of the church in Bethel, um, Bethel Church in America. And he said that, you know, that he got there and he was just sharing a testimony of a lady whose leg was broken and she was in a service and God healed her leg. And so she just came and was sharing that testimony there. Right there and then, about five people who had a similar case of broken bones got instant healing in that atmosphere. Why? Because they were sharing a testimony of what God is capable of doing. And the reality of this is, don't you think, I mean, a good example is, every business person wants a good review. I remember when we went to circumcise our first son, Jesse. You know, I think the doctor was starting off then. He had been running for a while, but he just started putting up his business online, right? To, to, to tell you this, he did a fantastic job, but you know what this doctor did? He, he took my phone, opened up Google, and told me, type your review now. And the reason why he was telling me to type my review now was because he wanted people to read my review and be convinced of his competence in doing his job. Don't you think God is saying, so every time I come to the people of God and share a testimony, is God telling me, type your review now? Because you must tell people of what I'm capable of doing. Because then they're able to believe me for the same thing, and I do it. That's why the Bible says that what? The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. What God can do for one, God can do for all. And that leads me to the next point. That, you know, when it comes to testimonies, testimonies are prophetic in nature. It, it tells you of what God is capable of doing. And my brother and my sister, I cannot share this enough. God is in the midst of his people. You know, a lady was sharing a testimony with us yesterday at her workplace. That the moment this pandemic started, every time she went to work, she would put her Bible on her desk and she'll be declaring Psalm 91. And people around her thought she was crazy. But guess what? Psalm 91 says what? A thousand shall fall by your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but nothing shall by any means come near you. And, she's, and she was giving a testimony saying that, can you believe that everybody on her team has been infected by the virus? But nothing has happened to her. I cannot tell you this enough. Every test, and that's why you see that it is wise. It's a mystery. It is wisdom to begin to seek for people who are giving testimonies. Because when you hear a testimony, things don't happen. Things don't happen by coincidence. Someone said that coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Coincidence it doesn't happen. God is the orchestrator of time. Anywhere you find yourself is not by chance. And so for you even watching this service today is not by chance. God intended for you that on the 27th of December 2020, you'll be logged on, on Facebook watching this service and you're hearing this today. And so when you hear a testimony of what God did in somebody's life, that is God putting his ability on display saying, do you need this miracle as well? Mm. Are you willing to put your faith on the line? Mm. Watch me do the same for you. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I like that part. It, it's, it's prophetic. Um, you know, um, we always say that what, what God is doing, or let's, let, let's even start from the biggest testimony ever, which is, you know, the fact that we are saved. You know, it's, it's salvation. You know, that Christ came and died for our sins, and therefore we can be called sons of God. You know, God loves us so much. God loves us so much that if it was on the account of that love he had for only me, you know, the minute I give my life to Christ, God will take me to heaven because he wants me to be with him. But, but, but God, there's also work for us to do, right? So that we can also minister to, to others, hence why we're here. And in the same way, you know, um, there's a lot of, when, 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 when miracles happen, you know, it's not only for you. It's because somebody else would come, you know, a year, ten years, five years from now, and, um, and they, would, they would require, you know, 
uh, that testimony. And, and I, you know, there was a brother that I met about um, three, about two, two and a bit years ago now. Um, unfortunately, he lost his wife. Um, young man, nice man, two daughters. He lost his wife. And fast forward about three or four months after, you know, we got a bit closer and we're talking. And he was saying to me that, you know, in his lowest moments, the person that God used to see him through was a pastor who about eight to ten years ago also lost his wife. You know, and the, the journey was very similar. You know, the, he, that pastor moved to the UK just as we were beginning to get settled. The wife passed away. They had young kids and he struggled, but, it got, but God kept him. And today he grew and now he's a pastor. And, and this young man was saying, that's exactly what's happening to me. So, and I was saying to him that perhaps that man went through that experience because just for you. And I think, again, when we talk about testimonies, whatever it is that we're going through, we need to remember that if we're going to apply that prophetic nature in testimonies, we should be asking God, God, what, is, what, is, what are you saying in this situation? You know, what is, what is about to happen? Where would you, what would you have me say to somebody else? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And the next one is that testimonies can be replicated. Hallelujah. Testi testimonies can be replicated. I remember when I wanted to get married, I knew in my innermost witness that it was going to be tough. When I mean tough, not that my marriage would be tough, no, but the process would be tough. But guess what? God surrounded me with people who had gone through a similar experience. And so I was drawing strength from their experiences that if God did it for them and today they are happy in their marriage, mine will be no exception. And that's what I'm trying to say to us this morning, that testimonies are a vital way through which we can see the move of God. And so we just fast forward then to what we learned last week. Lekha, do you want to discuss on that? What we did last week when we're asking, why are testimonies important? Praise God. Yes, so praise God. Um, just, just a few points to pull out from there. You know, we'll look at Psalm 78, for example. You know, Psalm 78, you know, verse 4. It says, we will not hide them from their children, telling to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. You know, we have a responsibility to make sure that the things that Pastor Jeff was talking about, the woman by the well, for example, this thing is being passed on, you know, to the next, to the next generation. You know, people say, you know, the church that's, that stays strong is the church that, that prays together. I want to add to that and say the church that stays strong is the church that continually, that word of God, that word of testimony, you know, is coming forth. It's been, it's been spoken about, you know, in, 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 in that church. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I think, you know, so I'll just carry on. Verse 6 says, the generation to come that they might know them. You know, so again, there's a place to make sure that these things that we have heard, we don't keep to ourselves. We have a responsibility um, to, pass, to pass it on. And then um, we talked about um, um, a first-hand account. You know, it gives us a first-hand account of, of God. You know, it's, it's easy. You know, I think the scripture I was talking about, you know, how would you believe, how would you trust a God that you have not seen if you don't believe that which you have seen physically? So, again, you know, it gives that first-hand account because if you know somebody, you know, and, 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 I'm, and I think maybe just to digress, actually, you know, we moved to Swansea three years ago, and I remember Pastor Jeff coming to our house, I think it was after maybe a month or so. And I remember the first evening we were talking, actually, and I was sharing uh, my experience in the UK and how, you know, I, I got settled us in the UK and everything. And unknown to me, Pastor Jeffrey had gone through a very similar experience as well. Now, imagine, imagine, you know, you meet somebody that you know physically, and they're saying, no, I've gone through this. This is what happened. It just makes it... It almost solidifies that your faith to say, no, God can definitely do this. When you hear that first-hand first -hand account. So on one hand, we have to tap into testimonies, you know. On the other hand, we have to also make sure that we don't keep our testimonies, you know, to ourselves as well. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, I'll just, I'll just carry on. Um, yeah, so um, the example, you know, Peter and John were talking about the, the saying, you know, but we cannot hold back you know, that which we have heard, you know, that which we have seen. We can't hold back. You know, these guys walked with Jesus. Uh, and, and I think 
sometimes we, if we, it's easy, you know, for us to say, oh, the times we live in now are quite challenging. Yes, we can say that. But we also agree that the times they lived in as well, the disciples were also quite challenging. You know, the responsibility was on them, you know, to, to, to share the scripture. And Peter was saying that, but they cannot hold back, you know, that which they have heard. They cannot hold back that which they have seen. They've witnessed firsthand the power of this good news. Therefore, they, have, they, they can't but speak, but speak about it. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, um, we, we're just hasting things a bit now. So, we're not looking at, so why are testimonies important? You see that number one is that, you know, it strengthens our faith. It stirs up our faith. And that is so important because every time faith is present, God is obligated to work. Mm-hmm. Every time fear is present, the devil is obligated to work. You know, I was, I'm, I'm reading a book currently by E.W. Kenyon. And it was saying that there are two types of miracles. That the miracle of the devil and the miracle of God. And he said that because it takes faith for God to work. So whenever a miracle happens for the believer, it's because faith happened. Faith was present and a miracle happened because that is what allows God to work. And he said for the believer, whenever an adversity occurs, perhaps it's because of fear. And it's only fear that would make a miracle happen for the devil. Because any time the devil prevails over a believer, a miracle has happened for him. Because ordinarily by nature, he shouldn't have that that privilege praise God and so you realize that faith is very very important and how does that happen is that we hear testimonies of what God has done this is what God did for my brother I'm strengthening my faith to believe God for the same and he will do the same in our lives amen 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 uh, as you were talking pastor Joe, I remembered um reverend um uh, uh, when he was preaching about faith versus fear you know he says that um Fear looks at the physical facts, you know. So let's let's take the scripture where Peter walked on water, you know. Um, at first there was faith because you know Peter said to Christ, "If it is you, permit me to come to you." So therefore, you will say that's faith. I'm looking at my Savior. Yes, say the word, God, and I'll come. And then the scripture then records that Peter then looked at the at the waves and saw that they were high, which was facts. The fact was the waves, the storms were high. And the minute he looked at the facts, then Peter began, began to sink. So you know, there's a place for, you know, where we talk about faith versus fear. But your testimonies is what reminds you that, yes, you know, this is, if God has done this before, or if God did this for that brother, for that sister, then God can do it for me. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You know, so absolutely, you know, it strengthens, it strengthens our faith. I'm just going to move on to... The next, um, the next point as well. It says, it ensures perseverance in the place of prayer. You know, so testament ensures perseverance in the place of prayer. Um, I mean, you might be praying for something and, and you're about to, you know, there's a saying that says that it's darkest before daybreak. Praise God. You know, just as, just as you're about to, to break forth, that, that's the toughest moment. And, and why? Because the devil also knows that, you know, once this guy or this girl or this lady, you know, gets this breakthrough, I don't think I have any power to hold him back anymore, you know? So therefore, the devil will throw everything he can, you know, to make sure that it doesn't happen. So what am I trying to say? If you're on your knees praying about something, you know, hold fast, persevere, you know, um, and rely on, 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 the, on the past testimonies as well you know, of the things that God has done and, um, and use that to spoil your faith on and continue to pray and you'll break through. An example I can give is, I remember I've shared it before as well, you know, um, maybe going back about 10, 11 years now. Um, uh, um, I remember, you know, being a very young man and in a lot, a lot of times not having a lot of money in my pocket and things like that. And fast forward about four or five years after, you know, I dropped a colleague off at the train station and I was driving past somewhere. It's called Langley, uh, close to Berkshire. Um, and as I was driving past that area, you know, I started to remember the days when, you know, I couldn't even afford a car. Uh, so I remember the days when um, I didn't have, you know, money for the train ticket and things like that. 
because those were, those were the areas I used to go past. And, and, and even in that moment, you know, there was still a lot of things I was still looking to God for. You know, I want to, even in that moment, I would say, you know, I was still saying to God, but God, I haven't, this, this things haven't happened. But as I remember, God, God was saying to me that, now, look at you. Yes, you're saying you still need a lot of things, yes, but now you're married, now you have kids, now you have a good job, so are you saying I'm not blessing? And all I could do was to just go back on my knees and just continue to pray and just, you know, thank God for the things he had done. So, testimonies, you know, they, 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 it helps us to persevere. Amen. Praise God. And also, it preserves the move of God in the midst of his people. In other words, what you tell a generation they are able to believe God for, the next generation tells again the next generation what God did for them, that move of God still remains. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And you know, just to say this now, how are testimonies relevant for today? They are relevant because if we are able to remember what God has done in the past, we are able to trust him for what he will do tomorrow. Praise God. If we are able to trust God for what, or remember rather, what God has done in the past, what is it that you are seeking God for? God has proven himself at some point in time in your life. Remember those days. Recall those days, how he came through for you. That is what God wants you to do, and you will see him do much more in your life. Hallelujah. Do you want to end with the statement from Pope John Paul, and, and we'll just wrap it up and pray. Yeah, it's an amazing quote. Uh, it says, modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. So don't just tell me, right? Show me. Let me see what is how it's happening in your own life. It says, and if he does listen to teachers, it is because the teachers are witnesses as well. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So what is this saying? It's saying, you know, not all, it's saying that all of us have to be witnesses. You know, so you might not, you know, you might, you might think to yourself, oh, but I don't stand by the corner to, to preach the word of God, you know, but do you have opportunities to witness regardless, you know, and it is that witness that people see, you know, I think it was um, Mother Teresa that was saying that um, I, I preach the gospel all of the time. No, I preach the gospel, sorry, some of the time, but I evangelize all of the time. Why? Because People see what you're doing. People are seeing that witness. And it's that witness that really, you know, ensures that that message is passed on, you know, from generation to the other. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. The greatest witness of all is to tell somebody what Jesus did for you. Praise God. I say Hallelujah. it again. The greatest witness is to be able to tell somebody what Jesus did for you. If you are a believer today, he translated us, Colossians chapter 1 from verse 13 to 14. He says, and God has translated us from the domain, the region of darkness, and translated us into the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ. That is the greatest testimony, that I'm no longer subject to the whips and whims of the devil, but rather I live in a domain that is influenced by God. That is where I can then shout and I say, Abba. My father, he is the one who has saved me. And so I hope this has blessed you today, but we will not end this day without presenting you the chance to get to know this Jesus. Praise God. Why? Because Jesus is the greatest thing that can happen in the life of any man. And so if you are that person who is yet to accept Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, why don't you just bow down your heads and say, with, and say this prayer with me and say, Lord Jesus... I confess before you that I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that you died for me. And on the cross of Calvary, you rose again. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me with your blood. As I confess you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Help me to live the realities of the new creation. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. If you have said this prayer... I want to call you my brother. I want to call you my sister because we are all in the family of the Lord. Congratulations and God bless you. Leko, can you please round up the prayer for Amen. us? Amen. Father, we just give you praise. We just thank you this morning. We thank you, Lord, because we know that you have spoken. And Father, we just commit everyone that has heard 
that has heard from your throne this morning, everyone that has heard your word this morning. And we pray, O oh Lord, that your word will go forth and even work in their lives and our lives in the name of Jesus. As your word says, your word says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, it says that we are your fellow workers. It says we are your building. It says we are your field. Father, we pray, King of kings, Lord, that indeed as we are your building, O oh God, that you would build our lives. You will build every life that has heard from, from you today that you will build their lives and you would work in their lives, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we pray, Lord, that as we go through the remainder of the days in this year, as we've remembered thanksgiving today and testimonies, O oh Lord, but let our life be a testimony the rest of this year in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as we finish 2020, December in thanksgiving, Father, we are prophetically declaring this morning, O oh God, that your children will start 2021 in thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless you and enjoy the rest of the service. Amen.